And I thank you for that. Um, so, did you get a kidney? Uh... <laughs> we put porn to shame. <laughs> the womb isn't just about where I give Talk birth to about babies. It. The Talk. womb is about where we give birth to perfect. Talk! I was basically all of her nevers. I never imagined my journey would inspire people all over the world. You have set a standard in love. I was dating a young lady who helped me heal. Wow, this woman is a ride or die. The conversations have really helped me to change my perspective on relationships. I had 19 attorneys at one time that were speaking into my ear. 19, 19 attorneys. attorneys. My, my, my last relationship, you know, it did a number on me. What you did not know is I had a whole little situation lined up that evening. Your transparency is literally setting people free. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I, I noticed that right away. You can make me cry. <laughs> um, thank you. I received that. Let one of them Barbie doll bodies walk over here. You gonna say, dear future wifey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're gonna go right in that box. <laughs> I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Listen. We are having an amazing time in season five, and y'all been rocking with us. Man, this is the last episode of the season, and so I have some amazing guests to close it out. Y'all been asking a lot of questions about where they are, but before we get into that, are you still shacking up with us? Come on, if you're still shacking up with us, can you go ahead and hit that subscription button and subscribe? You know, I've noticed that you guys have some commitment issues. We're getting half a million to a million views a month on this channel and only 72% of y'all are subscribed. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's, that's sad. And let me tell you why it's important for you to subscribe. Um, right now, we're pushing close to 200,000 subscribers. We're about 12,000 away uh, at the recording of this video. But if everybody that watched this podcast was subscribed, we'll be at a million. A million subscribers. And at a million, we'll get that beautiful gold plaque uh, for hitting that that rare feat of getting a million subscribers on YouTube. So, um, like I said, just subscribe. Today, I have my friends back in the studio. Y'all been asking, where are they? What happened to the Martins? Did Tiffany ever get that kidney that you guys have been rallying behind her getting? Well, without further ado, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, Tiffany and Rich Martin. Hey, hey. Yo. How y'all doing, man? You doing good, doing great. You doing great? Yes, 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 All yes, right. yes. So <laughs> y'all were last in the studio on June the 2nd, 2021. Mm -hmm. What has transpired? Without telling people whether or not you got the kidney yet, let's go ahead and get us up to this date. What has transpired in this last year and three months? <laughs> All hell broke loose after that that uh, podcast went really? out just immediately after. Um, and like I've always said, like I knew once we did the podcast, I knew the attack after it just kind of validated the reason why we needed to do, you know, the podcast. I knew it, it was significant by the attack afterwards, but immediately after that, um, I went into like multiple surgeries. Uh, we removed a port out of my chest, and um, actually got um, a line in my arm, and it was not 
Thanksgiving and in between the surgeries and uh, just health, overall health. And uh, then, unfortunately, we got to October and um, our my father-in-love, his uh, biological father, uh, passed away, like, suddenly. So, you know, we're... We, struggling trying to get through the days and health situations and now we're we're dealing with grief and so that just brought on a whole different uh just array of emotions that we had to manage and I mean I can't I can't speak for you babe but no nah, it was it, it was like if it wasn't one thing it was another because firsthand seeing the surgeries and stuff and like the frustration with that because sometimes doctors don't listen. We were like, hey, she doesn't need that and they're still trying to do it and it's like, well, why won't you listen? And I don't like seeing her. Yeah, going through with, unnecessary un- yeah. Yeah, so pain. You got that and then coming home from dialysis, she's tired and it's like... But I'm working. But she's, she's she's trying to push through, and I'm just like, hey, you can just sit down and just be still. You ain't got to do nothing. So you said you'd be working. What do you do for a living, Tiffany? <laughs> so, um, Besides I, give good husband. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about so, how you said you give good wife. <laughs> yeah, that thing. <laughs> no, um, I actually own a digital strategy firm. So at one point in time, and I try to make a point and saying this because it's, I have to bring recognition to it. When we got married and I got sick, Rich gave up his career. He wanted to do youth advocacy. And he gave it up completely to be a full-time caregiver. And so he decided, you know, to keep a, a, a warehouse job. Just, you know, to maintain some type of normalcy. But it gave him the flexibility to care for me and... At that time, I'm doing dialysis three times a week, four hours a day, and hospital visits, doctor visits nonstop, and he's going between those two. I'm working a nine to five, a five to nine. There would be times I'm in meetings and you're hearing heart machines in the background. It was just, it mm. was just crazy. And we, you know, encouraging each other, just getting through the mud together, really the only thing holding us together is God and love yeah. and the support of family. Mm-hmm. But to go through all of that and it was so funny, you know, we're, this is a form of ministry, if you will. Oh, yeah. So we, you know, we out here saying like all the, you know, how to get through marriage and we, our marriage is getting tested. It, but there was never a time where I wanted to give up. It was just, a, it was just like, God, give us a break. Mm. Come off my husband, like you know, like just put it all on me, but give him some, you know, anything, and it just it kept coming. So when his when his dad died, it was just like, all right, Lord, I I can't talk to you, right? Like I mean, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And so you know, we asking for a kidney. We we going through, and then you 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 took his dad, and it's prior to that, you know, my uncle passed away. So I was just like, it was just. So Rich, when did when did your father pass away? October twenty third. Yeah. October twenty third of twenty twenty one. Yes, sir. Uh, how have you been dealing with it? Um, I joined a 
a grief ministry Good. at, at um, my church. Shout out to Potter's House North yeah. Dallas. Um, they have a really excellent, excellent grief ministry there. Um, and so we would meet Wednesday nights and, you know, via Zoom and just kind of like yeah. talk it out. It was real like transparent. So you didn't really have to hold back and yeah. feel like just because this is a church ministry that you, you know, got to worry about your cadence or anything yeah. like that. So, so um, he's over there cussing on the Zoom meeting? Um, it got there. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. But um, a lot of the stuff that they shared helped me. You know, process what you was process, going through. Processes because everybody was dealing from dealing with grief from all sorts of walks of life. So for me, it just helped me deal with a lot of peace. Like things were final. Um, you couldn't change it, so you only had what you had, no matter how long you had it. You know, me and my dad have probably had the best three years once me and. You know, especially once me and Tiff got married, it was like he was just involved, involved. Hey, what y'all need? What y'all, you know? So what was he not present in your life up until the in last the, three years ago? In the earlier years, it, yeah. it was it was non-existent. So y'all had y'all had the opportunity to heal y'all's relationship. Yeah. yeah, like even before I moved, he came to me and he was like, "Look, I can't change nothing that transpired prior to this." He said, "But I would love to start anew." And I was like, "That's fine. If you committed to it, we can do that." And I had to get used to it because it was, was like all these years he wasn't around. So yeah, he so like, he he would call, he would call, and I'm like, "Hey, man, it's all right." You ain't got it was crazy because he would get mad because he just called. I said, "Rich, it'll be a time." Oh, and I said, "Just let him have it." And and once he said that, it was like I had to understand. I'm like, "Yeah, this is probably new." To, so new so for give him me too. give me perspective because it may be men out there that want to rekindle their relationships <laughs> with their with their offspring. So he would call like how frequent in a day? <laughs> he would call. He would call like okay. He'll call around nine. Yeah. Say he just had just eight or whatever. Nine fifteen. <laughs> no, he won't. No. Oh no. <laughs> it would be back to back, and and what was sad about it? Rich was getting mad, and I said, Rich, just. Talk to your dad. It ain't gonna hurt. I'm like, you ain't talking to him for decades. And I'm just decades. like, I look. I don't mind talking to you later, but like, <laughs> what you gotta say again in 15 minutes? But what we didn't realize, and it dawned on me mm-hmm. because I dealt with it with my grandmother. I said, Rich, something don't sound right. It sounds like early stage of dementia. Like it, it was like maybe like a some time later, I started to notice like it wasn't like he would call in 15 minutes and. He would, that's just how it was at first. Then he would call, then repeat what, like verbatim what, he, what he's saying. And I was like, hey, Dad, you told me that already. And he was like, yeah, yeah. And then he would just keep going like I didn't say anything to him. So I was like, hmm. No, I think what made it, I think when it really hit home is when he called you and got mad. Oh, he was like... He said, um, man, I had to look up on Facebook and find out you got married. And I'm like, but you, and I was like, wow. I said, dad, you know, just to ease him. I said, you know, I wouldn't do that. And he was like, oh, all right, all right. I said, what you looking at is a memory. It was, you know, how Facebook does the memory. He saw yeah. it and thought, and I was like. Oh, he thought you just got married. He thought I just got, but I was like, you knew the. 
I said, okay. So I called my um cousin who didn't live that far from him. I was like, go, go check on her. And uh, when she did, she was like, ooh. And I was like, what? She's like, it's, his place is bad. And if anybody knew my dad, he wasn't that type of dude, clean, fresh to death, meticulous about his. Mm-hmm. Uh, about was he in the military or something? Did he, ever he was. Yeah. He was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so um, when she checked, and I was like, so where is he living? She was like, no, it just looked like he was trying to find something and couldn't remember where it was. But then couldn't remember where to put the stuff back that he he moved around. It was just misplaced. Yeah, that's what she said. That's what she, she said. It, it looked like that. She said it looked like it looked like he was looking for something and then couldn't remember what it was. Mm. And so that just prompted me to start asking him questions. I'm like, all right, Dad, um, what's up with your you know affairs yeah. and things like that? He said, oh, I got a lawyer and things like that. And I googled the lawyer just to you know. This man is deceased. The man had been deceased for 20 years. And I was like, all right, so now we talking. All right, you got to get out there, check yeah, on him. Was, it was Did like, he live here locally? Or no, he's in South it, Carolina, so where, where he's from. It was like, Rich, my family will take care of me. Go figure out where he is so we can start trying to figure out how we can start, you know, changing some money around get some camera, might have to bring in like a nurse, ate something mm. yeah. to get in front of it. And by the time... No, we had, we had some time in between there because remember, we had went to Virginia to visit her grandmother. And around that time, my aunt had passed. Mm. His sister. Same thing. Same thing. Um, and so my other aunt was, you know, zoom, zooming in from the um, funeral or whatever. And she gave him the phone to see everybody that was on the Zoom tuning in. And I looked and I was like, he has no bearings because he has the phone down near his stomach, not actually looking at the phone. He had it. And I looked and I was like, his suit doesn't fit. So I'm like, no, he's he's lost a ton of weight since the last time I saw him. So that's when we was like, she was like, okay, Rich, you got to get down there and go see him. So that was August. September, I say, hey, we, I'm planning planning to come out there. I was going to see him and then go Connecticut to see my fam. He was like, yeah, 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 come on through, come on through. But I had this feeling he was going to be like, once it got closer to me coming to see him, he was going to renege on it, and he did. He was like, oh, man, you know, I caught, I might have caught COVID from being around your cousin. And <laughs> I called my cousin. No, he was like, I might have caught COVID, but then he was like, I don't want you to come out here and get sick and then I have to go back to your wife. and get. So he had it all elaborately planned for me not to see him. Mm-hmm. And then when I called my cousin, I was like, hey, when did you have COVID? She said, boy, I had COVID months ago. I said, well, he said you, you had it. <laughs> and he came by to see you. She said, he ain't been over here. <laughs> and I was like, and he, she said, and she had the same idea. She's like, he don't want you to see him. Like, yeah. So I'm like, all right. So October, I want to say 13th was his birthday. Mm. And um, I was at work doing a Saturday event. And um, my aunt called. And I was like, yeah, you calling me a little too early on a Saturday in the middle of work. And but he like, had been, you had been calling him yo, like yeah, nonstop Let me, because, I, because he kept forgetting to put his phone on. 
So he wasn't he wasn't charging it. So the phone just goes dead. And then when he finally plugs it in, that's when he called. So I'm like, hey man, you gotta <laughs> keep your phone on. Yeah. And so earlier that week, like in hindsight, I was like, okay, you I get it. He was like, hey, I'm gonna um build my childhood home up and move back to it. It didn't click till the Saturday when I got the call. So he's like, I said, you got a childhood home? He's he, like, he went home. He's he was like, he was like, um, yeah, it's still up. I'm just gonna go to the vet, the um the the veterans um association he was a part of, take out a loan, get it fixed, and I'm gonna move back there and I'm gonna just chill. I said, all right. <laughs> Call my cousin again. I was like, where's that house at? She said, that house is not livable or repairable. It's still up. So I'm like, what is he, what is he talking about? So Saturday morning, like I said, I was at a um, work event. And um, my aunt called and she's like, I just, just want to let you know. And it was like, I felt like it was in a movie where it's just like <laughs> everything slowed down and you speed up. I was like, I just got hot. I was just like, what? She said, yeah, he, he, he's gone. So whatever arrangements you need to make to get down here, just, just get down here. And I was like, okay. All right, and I just had a talk with my father-in-law about our relationship, and he was just like, "Just let him do what you, you know, do what he needs to do." But if you need help, I'm here, and I was like, "Like that's like I got my father on one end, my mm-hmm. father-in-law coaching me through it." And so I just happened to see him on the way out, and he was just like, "Hey," and I'm like, "He's like, are you serious? We just talked about it. We just talked about it, and so it was like." a different type of grief where I, I didn't cry, but it was just like, I was extremely sad, like extremely sad because of how he died. Like he was basically alone, alone. And somebody who checks on him every morning happened to be walking by, saw his door open to mm. his house and called out to him. He didn't come to the door. So he just kind of peeked in. And when he saw him, he said, okay, and called, you know, called 911. And I was just like, so he was alone. And for me, it's just like, if you'd have let me come, it didn't matter about any of that other stuff. It didn't matter what our relationship was before all that. It was just, I just wanted to be there to help you with whatever. And if you had to go, out of, you know, fine, but it's like just dying alone like that just was weird. It's like weird, 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 weird. It was just weird. I want um, for those fathers that have uh, lost contact with their kids that feel like it's too late, that feel like oh, they grown, they probably have gotten over me. Um, what would you say to those fathers that feel like it's too late to come repair that relationship with their their offspring. Hmm. Just don't don't try to fix <laughs> anything. But I guess I could just take a cue from how my dad did it. It was just like, look, I can't change anything. I could just start from where we are right now and build from there. And I would just say to the kids, just be open to it be open to it, just be receptive of what he may be trying to do 
because I could feel that my dad was trying to make up for lost time. He didn't have to, though. But I could just get a sense that he was, and it was just like, just she had to tell me, let him. Yeah. Let him, let him. Were you resisting at first? Um, I was because it's like, well, I'm grown now. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, it, I guess it meant more to him to be able to say, hey, I did something for my son. What do you feel? Because I know you want to put it on him. How do you think you would have felt sitting here now never having that three-year experience with your dad? And you got a call from your aunt saying, yeah, your dad passed. You think that would have been like, oh, okay, well, I never really knew him anyway. Or do you feel like you would have died with this void, wishing, wanting, uh, hoping that you could have had a day with him, a week it, with him? It, it still would have been there regardless. Yeah. I mean, even if I – I mean, I made peace with what it wasn't. Yeah. So I still would have felt the way if he if he had passed. Yeah. Without it, without no, you know, yeah, repair well, or anything like that. Yeah. So I was prepared to, if it ever happened, it was like, it's still sad. Yeah. You know, in a way, but. um, That's good. First of all, I just want to thank you as a man to actually share that. Um, mm -hmm. Again, you're giving a lot of reference to people who may be going through that right now and don't know if they'll get the opportunity to ever have closure or have reconciliation with their father uh, or even their mother mm -hmm. or uh, or whatnot. And to like, I have a son who I adopted who, you know, don't talk to his mom, you know, and um, I always think about that. And at times when she is, um, when I hear about her on a binge, she suffers from mental illness or whatnot, and I go, gosh, I just hope she doesn't pass away without him having another conversation with mm -hmm. her as an adult. Um, he's 19 years old right now, but I say he needs to have that conversation. Just yeah. now, he, he experienced a lot of stuff as a as a child being raised by her, but now as an adult, he can stand and have that man conversation yeah. when he's ready to have that conversation. And hopefully God graces him with that time to have that conversation. Yeah, I don't think it could be forced. That, no, nothing like that. No, he's got to let it organically yet. happen mm -hmm. and let God be God. Uh, so, Tiffany, you said that throughout these years, uh, Rich had to be the one to console you and be there uh, for you, how did it feel when the tables were reversed and now you had to provide that safe space for him? How did you deal with that? Rich is really weirdly strong. Like, and I say that because... Why are you laughing, Rich? <laughs> no, he is. But he, like, if you, knew, if you know his mom, you know where he gets it from. She's Mama an G. incredible woman. Like, yeah. yeah, she a G. She's one of those people, like, she'll tell you, she said, if if one more thing happens, I'm going to take one more thing. And I had to That's take that. I had to take wow. that because when stuff, when she hell said, was breaking loose, happened, and I was like, I can't do it. She was like, baby girl, you're going to have to get it in you. If God give you one more thing, you just going to have to take one more thing. And I was like, what kind of philosophy? <laughs> <laughs> but when it started coming, and I was like, in the beginning, when I got sick the first time, faith all just shaking. The second time it came, unwavering. You couldn't. I could be upset with God, but you know, I'm not. Like for a, a couple of minutes. A couple of minutes. <laughs> I mean, was anchored, and that it, it took the the candies of the world. My mom. It took the the Brenda's of the world. His mom 
strong women who went through like hell to like for me to really kind of get okay you just gonna have to plant your feet and just hold you know hold him up and it just it took a different type of of, of strength like it took a godly strength to be able to endure what I was going through health wise and to support him and the one thing that I learned was just a different type of intimacy you know like I always say like people have this this misconception that intimacy is just directly correlated to sex. And it was like, no, that's just not what it was. There was many, plenty of hours and moments where we were just coming home, he throwing boxes all day, you know, wanting to to be in the career he wanted, but like dealing with it, coming home, dealing with family stuff, and I'm dealing with work and trying to maintain and tired because I'm done. And just, we would just sit in silence next to each other, just either holding hands, holding one another, or just sitting, just a foot on each other, just yeah. touching each other, just like, silent. I'll be in and out of sleep, waking up early, and I'll hear her behind me mumbling, and I'm like, she praying. And I'll feel like her hand like on my right shoulder, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I, and I, won't, I won't say anything, I won't be like, <laughs> You know, I'm trying to sleep, but I just hear her mumbling, and it's just like, all right. Like I might not go back to sleep, but I'm good. He would just <laughs> roll over, and I know he would just be rolling over in tears. Cause I mean, I'm just, I mean, hours. Would just... you be crying, Rich? Oh, she. There was one day we was um, watching a service, and I just broke. I, I, I don't. Oh, know. that was scary. I remember <laughs> when he, Rich does not cry. I can tell. <laughs> he don't cry. So we laughing, and I was like, oh, this is a good service. And he started crying, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, let me call my dad, because I don't know what to do. He's never cried, and he is, I mean, bawling. You and said, I'm let like, me call my dad? No, I called, I called my dad. I said, listen, it's like, a big old dude. <laughs> He, I don't know what to do. I, I didn't mean to scare, but I was like, "Look, I'm tired. You crying? You crying real loud?" Oh, it was, it was weeping. It was weeping. It was so like, my dad was like, "Let that let man, man cry." cry yeah. And he said, "I'm gonna check on him later. Just let that man cry." And I'm like, "Okay, you know." I'm like, "Babe, what you want me to do?" Just, 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 just sit here. Just sit there. And I'm like, go okay, we, we, we going to sit here. Because I'm like, look, whatever emotion I'm feeling, just give me a minute. Yeah, let me go through it. And when I'm done, I promise you I'm going to come right back. And But that's good that you got a moment to release that. Because you've been – so that was after the loss of your father? Mm -hmm. And you just was bawling it up. Did you cry at the funeral? It's like any time I've <clears throat> lost somebody – it's like me and my mom are always the ones that you call to be there to undergird whatever that is. It's like it's a loss for us still, but it's like when you start to see what happened and how people unravel, it's like, okay, somebody has to be the, the glue. Yeah. And people so that was apart. That was like my mom is the one that's spearheaded. So I'm like, all right, I'm right, I'm with you. And we just getting stuff done. And then it will just come later when we just think about like, wow, they ain't here. I want you to drop that gem that your mom, that, that your mother-in-law said. Your mother in love. What did she say? If God give you one more oh, thing, if God give you one more thing, I'ma just take one more thing. <laughs> and I didn't realize how much I adopted that. Just, just 
Because, like, when we were getting the nonstop doctor's appointments and they were bad reports and this and go to surgeries and it was just, I mean, and it was just coming. And Rich would just be like, all right, we're going. We ain't giving up. I'm like, I ain't giving up. And then it's just something that, like, when he would leave the hospitals, I would demand the doctors to come in and I would tell them, get me well to get me back to my husband. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this is the only thing I got at this moment because she said, "Give me well, give me so, back, I get back. so I can get back to my husband." Because people don't realize I, those first year, two years, I'm living at the hospital. Mm-hmm. I'm not at home. He's home by himself. We newlyweds. We trying to figure it out. And I just, I was like, "Y'all, get me well to get home. I want to go home." And mm. he would come up. Everybody be like, oh, Rich is coming. You know, it, like, he just brought joy to everybody on the floor. I remember one time somebody got a kidney, and he celebrated with the nurses out there with him. And That's good. You know, it was just like he would come, and it would just be a breath of fresh air. And it's like, okay, I got to get through one more day. I'm going to fight through it. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk around this hospital. I'm going to get home. And so that was just kind of the mantra that, like, my nurses, my nurse team just kind of like, okay, we're going we gonna to get home. And so it was, that's why I say his his strength just kind of came from somewhere else. So when his dad passed away, and at that time, we was just, like, trying to just figure out how to just manage. It was like, all right, God, you're going to have to give me some, 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 something to be able, you know. Some super strength. Some Something super outside of myself. So that's where them, them mornings, four or five in the morning, I'm just praying. I don't know what I'm praying. It'll be a mumble, but I'm just praying and you know, finding oil, coconut oil and putting it on his bag or something. Oil. Like, we, gonna, we gotta like, get through this. So, so smooth. <laughs> you gonna get this coconut oil anointing. So, Rich, let me ask you this because some this sounds, people hear y'all stories and they say it's just, it just sounds like a fairy tale. Uh, like, I talk about, um, I've had people that have DM'd me that said that uh, their spouse left them while they were going through chemo or, uh, you know, they have cancer. They got this diagnosis, and the husband's like, I can't deal with this. Um, was there ever a time that you was like, I can't deal with this, and you want to walk away? No. Nah. Why not? Because I think I've always had that notion, like, it's easy to be there when everything's good. It's real easy to be there for that. It's telling when things don't go the way we want it to still be present. And so for me, it was like I had seen this process a ton of times. I didn't treat it any different. I'm like, no, I'm going to be here. When you say you've seen this process, what process are you talking about? Just when, Go back to the first interview. You, you, you dealt with, was it, your, was it your brother? Yeah, my brother My brother had kidney disease. Yeah. Um, shoot. Aunt, aunts, both both my aunts had kidney disease, so it was like it. I think all of that prepared me to deal with and this. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> See, this is this is what I find so. When I say God is so intentional mm-hmm. about the way He loves us, when He says all things work together for the good of them that love God and to the called according to His purpose, you were mm-hmm. called to be her. Be our husband, you, you know. Uh, oh, because I got to say this because I love how it works itself out. 
you are called to be that. The Bible mm-hmm. says that a husband is, the etymology of the word husband is householder. Mm-hmm. So you are called to hold your house together. Yeah. And a lot of people, and that's why I say we got to be very careful who we take these vows with because you take a vow with somebody and you say this beautiful thing in front of this beautiful wedding and you say for uh, through sickness and in health, but she get the cold, she get a cold to get COVID and you're like, I don't know, I ain't signed up for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, did you just leave the funny COVID? thing about the vows is you you're making a commitment that you can't fulfill <laughs> until you go through it. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, it's like a... It's, it's like a promise. It's yeah. like, it, ain't on t- it ain't on telling when that, when that comes. It's exactly. just for us. It came early, so it was like... I was like, nobody asked to get married and fulfill <laughs> vows this soon. It was like... Right. I'm like, you telling us stuff. I was like, I was expecting to be 60, <laughs> 70, gray. Yeah. yeah, and it was like... It was like, hello, we here now. <laughs> we here right now. Y'all said, I do. All right, well, I do too. Come on now. You be like, what in the world? Did you just jump over here and mm-hmm. have kidney but failure? But again, like I said about the podcast, as soon as we got married, all hell broke loose. It was like, it didn't scare me. It was, it validated your purpose. And mm-hmm. it's funny because I got to go and say this before uh, we go to this next segment. So... On the podcast, you was talking about people going to be asking you to come speak here and going to ask to do this or whatever. And you was Ooh, like, I ain't trying. Oh, yeah, I'm finna go I ahead. I see you. Yeah, you see it. I uh-huh. don't, but I do. Oh, yeah, you don't see me, but you see me. Look at it with his oh, cat yeah, eyes, you yeah, know. Look yeah, at it with the cat eyes. Wherever you are. <laughs> that way. Yeah, He's right there. Way. He's right there. <laughs> you said. You, you see me pointing at him? She said, no, y'all ain't finna be trying to have me write books. Y'all ain't gonna have me come and speak and do all this type of stuff. That is not what I'm supposed to do. That's not necessarily <laughs> mm-hmm. what I said. What you say, Tiff? Run the footage. Yeah, run what the you, footage. Don't you don't you do that. Don't support him. It's Team Martin. Hey, look, I'm, I'm gonna support I'm, you in your speaking engagements. Do what you gotta do. All right, well, let's be clear uh, with well, everybody. Go, baby. I don't like public speaking. Uh-huh. I just do it well. After <laughs> Talking to you and you getting in my tail about purpose and life and all of these things, I kind of said, all right, whatever opportunities come, uh-huh. I'm going to just do it. And what have you been doing this last year? She's okay. Yeah, what you been Literally, doing? Literally, no, after the Dear Wifey podcast in June 2nd of 2021, <laughs> it seemed like everybody kind of came out the woodworks while I was sick. Mm-hmm. So I am literally at risk. No, I am going from dialysis. I am running home. I'm calling Charnel. Can you do my makeup? Because I don't want to look dead on this. On <laughs> we, these, we over here setting up the computer for Zoom meetings, and I'm sitting and over here like, when did I become your pro-? like? <laughs> he doing my hair when I can't get her. Open the blinds for better lighting. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't tell what light is on. I'm like, does my skin look good? He don't know. I can't verify. It's just we figuring it out. Rich, where the camera at? Right? Right in front of you. Don't, right. move. Don't, Don't move. Don't move. And so it was like um, American Diabetes Association yeah. called and wanted me to do uh, be the spokesperson during uh, Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And um, I did a lot of stuff with the National Disability Institute and J.P. Morgan Chase. And I'm kind of like, you know, 
for so long to be, no pun intended, overlooked in areas. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it came out of nowhere. Never saw it coming. Another book. So I can do this all day. And, you know, it's just really cool because. She's the apple of my eye. The apple of his eye. You know, you look at life as beautiful, but it's all in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they work. I know it. They work. They know. Yeah, you know, and to be out of sight, out of mind. And now, we're here. Now we but, here. no, it's been, it's been really. I love it. It's been really challenging uh, in a good way to kind of come out my norm. Because I like, I, going back, I give good wife. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I love being his cheerleader. Yeah. I love being behind him. He's the mouthpiece. You go out, everybody knows Rich. Everybody knows uh, Rich. Because I'm easy to I spot. turned into my dad's daughter. And I ain't going to mention his name because it killed me. But I turned from <laughs> my dad's daughter to Rich's wife. Yeah. And it didn't bother me at all because he's just that. He's he's. He's great. He's that dude. Okay. Yeah. And for me, it's seeing her in an element where, despite whatever shortcomings, whether her be blind, kidney, or whatever, she can still go with the best of them. Yeah. And for me, it's like, nah, don't, 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 don't dare shortchange that one. Mm. Don't, don't do it because she will, she will show you what it is. And in my, in my humble opinion. She 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 laps circles around people, you know what I mean. Like her yeah. thought processes, her energy, her what she knows—that's all on display. And I'm just be like, go, go. I mean, there be times they'll ask for. I'm about to get on stage, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. And he's <laughs> like, but we're gonna do it, all right? <laughs> and then it's just like pushing me out there. But I'm like, I love it. It's just you know, people like you, people <laughs> like. You know, Rich and you know my my book club, my my best. Shout out, shout out to the crew. You yeah. know, you know, shout and then especially out. like my family. My family downplays so much of my stuff because it's just like, hey, I did this, and they'd be like, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but this is great. This is amazing. It's like we not surprised, and it's like, y'all, come on now. Yeah, like, I need this is great. And they like, no. Listen, I was on Facebook. Uh, I guess that was a couple of weeks ago, and I saw you doing a some interview or something with Rachel, Mayor uh, Proctor uh-huh. of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. What was that about? I called Rachel to see how I could help, and this woman. <laughs> This woman, this woman was mayor. like, cool, I'm putting you on every board I can think of for the city of DeSoto. <laughs> and I was like, great. And that's what it's been since then. Rich has, I mean. I'm a part of CPAP meetings for, but, you for know, the city of DeSoto. I'm going to town hall advisory. meetings. We on, I'm on task force. I'm like, okay. honorary members. But <laughs> it's just been really cool to, like, support a place that you grew up in. Yeah. yeah. And... Is it that's just I mean that's I asked somebody somehow can I help and they like cool and they've been putting me to work and man love it shout out to Mayor Rachel Proctor yep. uh, I was working on her campaign for her to become mayor and that's my buddy I'm so proud of all her accomplishments she's doing a great job for the city mm-hmm. of Desoto Rachel and uh, I'm proud of you um, but listen so we did a call on the podcast asking people to step up and bring forth. Their Lord, kidney. Did y'all step up? Ooh, what, what kind of what kind of feedback did you get? 
I mean, <laughs> it was so overwhelming. Yeah. It was, I am from Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Can I send? No, you cannot. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm do like, how I, you going to get that here? But I, I, I love it. I was just like, yeah. amazed. And it was older women, younger women, yep. people near, far, and, you know, because of you, and I want to get my health in check. And it was just, and I tried to, to, you know, respond back to everybody, but it was so... I have never felt like support like that outside of like my my family and friends. Yeah. But it was just amazing. And then from for it to come from the black community. Yes. You know, I realized a lot of you yes. know the people that contacted me were African American yes. uh, women and men. Yeah. And it was like, wow, you know, we the stigmas that, you know, come they don't have them. And so it was just really refreshing. To just see that support that came. And one out thing of I definitely want to say is a shout out to this tribe that has been built on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, this people who come on my podcast, they say they've never ever met uh, a group or a community of people who are so supportive. Um, a lot of times, people are sharing things with the world that they've never shared with anybody on the face of this earth, and so they come with a little reluctance. And then after the episode airs and the love that y'all give to them, they're like, "Oh my God, I why are these people not judgmental? Why are they not?" And I love how God is because He allowed me to walk in this level of a transparency so that uh, I create this atmosphere. Uh, with the community to say, hey, we don't throw no stones here. When people come and they they bear their soul and share their truths, then wrap your arms around them and love on them. And hopefully you're inspired to do the same. But um, to see all, see this community just rally behind you. They kept, mm-hmm. how can I how can I donate my kitty? How can mm-hmm. I, I was like, Tiffany, how, how do they do this? Because I, I done started something, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and you was like, hey, tell them to call this number and they can get put on the list. They have to go through all this testing and all this type of stuff. And I was like, cool. And then they stayed with it. Hey, has she gotten a donor? Has she gotten somebody? Because I want to come. I can come here and all this. And I was I like, wow. I checked the comments is- too. I was like, Oh, no oh We got the police, comment police over here. <laughs> what? I was like, whoever just contacted me directly, that's who I'm talking with. And he talking with some disgruntled viewers, happy viewers, just all. And I was like, My you sister gonna in there yourself. trolling. I'm like, hey, you calm down. <laughs> like, you gonna run yourself dizzy. It was just too much. It was, but I, I, I wanted to connect with people who had questions. There were some that were like, hey, my health is in this condition. How do I get here? Or, you know, just information and just I wanted to be open to provide information in any way or education, you know, in any way for those who wanted it. And they they found me on, uh, I mean, Twitter, Instagram, email. And it's so funny because every time the show Love is Blind would come out, yeah, you would get hits. And so that's what it was like. Yeah. You know, they would just start coming in, but I would try to respond to everyone that I could. And I thank you for that. Um, so, did you get a kidney? Uh, <laughs> I did. You did. I did. You did. So, <laughs> we're going to take a brief little pause right here so we can switch out. Um, Rich, we do have the donor in studio today, and I can't wait to meet her mm-hmm. and hear why mm-hmm. she became a hero for you. Ladarian thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy, 
The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm Latarius R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today.
So we're back. Um, I always say that you, you have unique individuals in your life that really step up and show what they're really made of. They, they showed you that they are truly, truly your friend. And the only way you can judge a friend is if they're there for you in your time of need. And so uh, welcome to the Dear Future Wifey podcast, Lisa Winkley. Hello. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Lisa, so you stepped up and you became the donor for good old Tiffany Martin here. I did. Um, your last name is Winkley. And what you just say, uh, Tiffany, about oh, her last name? I'm blind and her name is Winkley. Oh, it is. <laughs> so, yes. so, Lisa, yes. what made you decide to, how did, tell me, how did this come about? Well, because y'all oh, been friends for how long? Everybody thinks we've been best friends forever. That's true. Maybe five years. Five. Yeah, years. five years. Five years. So, um, and I will also add, I heard of Tiffany before I actually knew her. Really? What you hear about her? Um, I'm awesome. <laughs> kind of, sort of. So it was a mix between because she was sick. Tiffany's been sick a whole lot yeah. and um we used to work at the same place and she was always on the prayer request list like you just saw her name constantly and i was new at that job so i didn't know like i there was no time that I had met her i'd only seen this name on the prayer list all the time <laughs> so other co-workers would describe tiffany and just say like oh she's really cool and you're gonna love her and i was like so i'll take y'all was working at a church Yes. Okay. Y'all yes. was working at a church and yes. her name was on the prayer list. Mm -hmm. People talking about prayer list at the job. Yes, what, yes. What kind of job they work at? Yes. <laughs> um, and they, they would send out, you know, updates. But I'm just like, why do people think I would like the sick girl? Like, she's just <laughs> on the prayer list all the time. But they're like, she's so smart and she's so this. And so then, I don't know, at some point, I finally did meet her through... Our mutual friends, yeah. I'm going to say their names because they are fans. Say it. Oh, Connie and Lakeisha. The other two in the Four Women Book Our Club. Four Women Book Club. Um, Four Women Book Club. Yes. and Shout out to Connie and Keisha. Yes. So um, they, they were part of the Tiffany hype crew, and I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then I met Tiffany in real life. I was like, oh, man, they were right. I like her better than y'all. So... <laughs> <laughs> so then Tiffany and I, um, we just gradually became closer. I mean, all four of us are friends, yeah. of course. We but talk all the time. Every day. It was a lot. And I was just like, oh, this girl. And just she'd be calling me and she'd be texting me. And then, you know, she's my first blind friend. And so <laughs> I'm just like, how is she texting me all the time? I so, was shocked when she texted me one day. Yeah. I said... Am I talking to Rich? Am I talking to Tiffany? Oh, What's I've going learned on? so much cool technology um, <laughs> having this good My blind favorite friend. thing is taking their phones and putting on the accessibility feature. But I know how to turn it off now because now we've been friends long enough. Um, but yes, super fun. You say you put the accessibility Oh, it makes the other, the other ones mad. And there's so all Because everything is read out loud. <laughs> Everything. It doesn't matter if it's a text message, you're opening a web page, it's your email. Everything's read out loud. It's I gotta really keep headsets on because no, we literally talk all day, every day. The only time we did not do that is when we were in the hospital. Yeah, and that was weird silence, but um, 
But yeah, so we became friends. I knew of her, and then we became friends, and then we just became closer friends. But Tiffany's right. You know, people think that, like, even in my own family, I've had, you know, my C-girls, my Fab Five friends, like, like, tons of friend groups. Yeah. And so they're like, wait, she's not any of those. Like, we don't know this girl. Um, But it's, you know, it's not the quantity of. Yeah, it's yeah, the quality. It's, not, it's the quality of friendships. And so, um, <laughs> did you watch the episode that she and Rich did? I did, but not in real time. You want to hear what her response was? What no. was? Why is it so long? <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. I don't recall that, but yes, <laughs> I I did watch it because I do remember I saw it, and then I did look at the timestamp, and I was like, "Ooh, we're gonna have to come back to that." And you and came back how many months later? Because 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 the episode aired in June. Okay. When did you watch it? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish but always promised that you would? Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I could not become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Oh boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Come on, tell the truth. When a, did you watch it? Was it was like in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. Like, it's not just, it's not just your podcast. I am the last, I am that person in the group text that's the last person the next morning. Hey, what were you guys talking about? You know, like I, oh, I'm, you are. I just yeah, realized I'm watching a show 14 seasons later. She I'm like, oh, this is really good. Like, she pop up and be like, oh my God, Martin is actually good. I yeah, started watching that. Martin. You're I like, am, girl, you're I not long Martin. <laughs> I am that person. But that's because I want to make sure that I've got all my full attention to yeah. something because I know me. And if I would have fake watched it if so, I had. So just, when you watched yeah. it, what, what did you think about that episode? 
You want to know what she told me? No, I want to hear say it. I want to hear say it. What did I say? This was so sad. Yeah, okay, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it was like so sad. Just so like it's not as if <laughs> Tiff and me and Rich are strangers to me. I mean, I'm, I'm why, your friend. No, why, why do you think it was so sad? Because it was all together. Like, I think it was... <laughs> You had to tip. Yeah, I should have broken down about four parts. Yeah, but you know what? Here's the thing. I'm Tiffany's friend, so yeah. we were living it with her. Yeah, and to watch it, to just like <laughs> you know, you know, she had a surgery. You know that she wasn't feeling good this weekend. So you're just kind of like it's just happening, and you're not thinking of the grandioso, yeah. all of the stuff happening. So when I'm sitting here watching mm. it and hearing it in one setting, I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is, <laughs> ugh, who, who, what is happening to you? <laughs> it was a little overwhelming and I'm watching it months later and it was overwhelming. Um, but my yeah. parents refused to watch it. They do. And I'm like, y'all support me. They was like, we lived it. That part is yeah. heavy, yeah. and I think that I think they still <laughs> like I don't think they've taken a, a a good exhale since we had the surgery because it's just I, I it just I could believe that as a parent I don't know what that is mm -hmm. but my mom kept saying she was like I lived it with you yeah and I'm like mom watch the video but here's the <laughs> thing about watching the video as good of friends as we are and as much as Tiffany talks to us me all of us it there was still pieces here and there that was like she never told us yeah yeah or we didn't know that that happened yeah and i'm most fridays well yeah fridays i work from home right and those would be one of tiffany's dialysis day and i would always like oh you always at the d like <laughs> You at the D all the time. We got stuff to do. And like, we can't go to this concert because you at the D. We can't plan our girls trip because you at the D. But then the D on Friday kind of turned into like our standard talking date. Like, I kid you not, I have a screenshot where we were on the phone for five hours. Yes. Like, legit, it was just like, I don't know, like we were in the office. Because that's one thing that I never liked is she would be at the D working and I'm like, why are you at work right now? And I'm hearing Girl, I got the, the machines pay these. beeping in the background. I got to pay yeah, for this yeah, no. insurance. But you no, you're right. <laughs> but I would hear, I would hear that in the like all the beeping and the screaming and the like the nurses coming to check on her. And it's like, I'm just trying to tell you about my new shoes I got. And 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 it's like blood being drawn. <laughs> so, but that was normal conversation, sadly. So what moment happened where you said, I want to step up and donate? I don't know that it was a particular moment. Um, because it, what happens? You hear your friend going through this. You hear them. It wasn't foreign uh, to you. They didn't know that she needed a kidney, right? That wasn't the first time that you heard that when you saw the podcast, was it? So, no, it wasn't, but it was the first time I saw it so formally because Tiffany jokes. Yeah. I can't Tiff tell that. I can't yeah. tell that, Lisa. Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany, Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany, she's a gesture. She's, 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 and so in our group text, like our group text is not about like hottie on the corner or what show we <laughs> like. Like it yeah. is. 
dang, I need this kidney so I can go do blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or dang, my side hurts. And I'm just like, I'm tired of talking about kidneys. So what can I do so we can turn kidney conversations up and go back to talking about shoes? And so I... Um, no, you're laughing, but this is how... Really, it was like, oh my gosh, I want to go on a honeymoon with Rich. They need to give me an organ. And then one friend, you right, girl, you're going to get this kidney soon. Other friend, girl, we keeping you in prayer. Me friend. Okay. So like, can we go and get some ice cream? <laughs> like, it's just, it was all over the place. But when you go back and you just like, it started to not be funny. Yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. It started to not be funny. The kidney conversations weren't cute anymore. Yeah. And as much as Tiffany would let us know what's going on with kidney stuff, when I will say that probably um, them being here on this show was a catalyst. Like, okay, Lisa, like move this to the top of your to-do list because, wait a minute, she going out there and asking people now, did something change? Mm. Like, is she sicker and she didn't tell mm, us? Did she have like a bad doctor visit and yeah. she's trying not? Like, it was definitely like, why are you, why are you asking around and above us more when oh, we are good. right here? That's good. We're right here because she definitely never said anything to us directly. We just had casual cute kidney conversations but was it like a turn that to be a, that should be a that should be a uh <laughs> casual uh, cute uh, kidney conversation that's a blog yeah oh well our theme for all of this was called hello kidney hello kidney love it oh but like to be honest my health was probably a lot worse than what i told my parents sister family friends it was Literally just me and Rich. And I just didn't want to burden people with I didn't. And yeah. the the group, my my book club, my girls, it was such I could come in in the morning and be like, y'all, they, you know, drawing blood is looking bad. And I'm just I I'm tired. You know, I wanted I wanna do this with Rich. I wanna I wanna go out on a date with Rich and I'm tired. You know, it was just really sad and then we could just they could just it was turn really it. sad. Yeah. It was really sad. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Like, so you went to them for a little bit of light and and mm -hmm. to for them to make it the the burden not so All heavy. Three of because them. they can they'll just laugh just it off and be have like, fun. Yeah. And, normal. and it's a normalized mm -hmm. environment. But you gotta understand on the flip side, and I want to make this because I get to say it, and I know people gonna watch it. So many people dropped off out of my life when I got sick. Lifelong friends, short friends. Work friends, college friends, and it was a it was it was you know a handful that stayed. Yeah. But these three girls that came out of nowhere, and they rallied behind me, and it was just kind of weird, you know, because I have you know my two best friends, you know, one's here, one is at Atlanta, and um, it was just like okay, yeah, I get it. We've been there's years, but these three I just met, and they just. Every day, anything I needed. One is doing my hair. One is cooking. One is driving me around. She, you know, and it's just, they're coming to the house, having book club with me. You know, it's just, it was so foreign that, like, and they they hate it. But, like, every time there was, like, a birthday or an event, I'm getting gifts. 
I don't know. I can't, you know, I can't be at everything. I can't do oh, everything. but we got her a good birthday. What y'all give? So, it's and not this, funny. This, is, this is before me signing up to do anything, but we were just, you know, in prayer and belief. This girl going on and on about a Peloton because, you know, Peloton's all the hype. Once again, what do you what are you gonna do with Peloton, <laughs> Tiffany? I don't know. It's stationary. I'm not riding a bike around. It's true. Um, but she was gonna work it out. Like, had me take her to the Peloton store. She's asking all the questions. I I'm the one that can see. I'm accidentally knocking over stuff in the store with <laughs> But anyway, we go and we get oh, her God. like Peloton related gifts, like the like the sweat towel and whatever else. But then I say, Oh. You know what else we should add to the gift? Because I know it's going to happen soon. We should get her some kidney beans, you guys. And we got the girl a bag of kidney beans, wrapped it up in all the pretty bows and everything. And that was part of her birthday present. Can y'all um, see my face? Because I can't. It was the best <laughs> present ever. Well, you're the one to brought up talking about she gifts. kidney beans. Yes. Not. And so it was like, like there's references to the kidney beans. They're like, we, we, we tossing kidney beans. Yeah, it's happening. You don't like, you don't like that joke, Tiffany? You're welcome. They gave it to me and was like, we got you a kidney. Yep. We got you hundreds. Yeah, all the kidneys uh-huh. you could ever want. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I still got them kidney beans. Yes. And one more. And one more. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when did you more. announce to oh. her that you were actually going to step up and be? Well, I know you hate the word hero, but you are a hero. It's odd. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> November-ish, I have an email where I submitted my application-y kind of thing to be considered, right? What happened, though? What what moment happened? You watched the video. It got real to you. You start seeing her. You're talking to her. And it's something clicked where it got real. And you said she's going out asking people on a podcast, uh, soliciting uh, a kidney. This old bald-headed man with glasses is trying to get all his followers to, <laughs> to donate a kidney. And you're right here as her friend, talking to her daily, hours, five-hour conversations. What clicked that made I- you say, let me be that one i didn't want her to be sad anymore and hurting anymore like i just want to help people and well i mean i can't buy you a kidney it can go like i think there's a a text i'm like who do we need to go shank or (laughs) or no yeah yeah. and then i said or it's like or surely in the science lab somewhere they're growing these things by now and then i just (laughs) sat there and I'm never deleting that thread. <laughs> I mean, the least I could do is just go get tested. Like, there's no way that I could just yeah. sit by and continue to hear my friend in pain. And there is one small thing that I could do to go get tested. So, yeah, I sent the email in. But here was the thing. It went to, like, the Fort Worth system. That's instead. the number she gave me. Oh, well, it was... I didn't see it. So, (laughs) so that's why I say November because it wasn't until (laughs) New Year's Eve that I actually heard back um, from them. So it was like months in between. And I just got a phone call. I had taken myself out to lunch. Yep. And the day before, or maybe that same morning, Tiffany was texting in our group thread and she's like, I might have two donors. And wait, but before then, I had three lined up and they were just dropping off. 
Which like, is another thing that she wasn't telling us was when people <laughs> would sign up to be donors and she would get called in to go like, like she got to be ready, be ready, yeah, you know, yeah. and go in for testing. And then it would be someone that dropped off or someone that wasn't a match or whatever. It, apparently That's she just lot, stopped boy. telling us that that yeah. was even happening, which was kind of trash because <laughs> we're along for the rest of the journey. So yeah. I didn't say anything like, oh, I submitted my paperwork or, oh, I might get tested. I just did it so that I could see what was going to happen. I didn't know anything about the process. Um, but when she mentioned it, I thought she was being Tiffany and being funny. And even though HIPAA laws, you can't tell mm -hmm. anyone anything, but I'm like, Tiffany knows people. She must have seen that I got a call today. Um, so, nope. Not at all. <laughs> and she's saying something about the lady reached out and she talked to her and da, 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 da. And I'm waiting for her to say something Your about name. it being me. And she didn't and so i was like wait a minute i think she really doesn't know and so i was just like okay well as soon as i have my appointment you know confirmed i'll let you know how it goes she's like appointment for what i was like to go get tested like i'm the second person i'm the other person one of the few times that girl has ever been silent <laughs> i'm on the phone like hello hello i'm <laughs> drinking my tea Eating my scones, enjoying my afternoon, and your, she's just your, your like date that you took yourself out on, and you yeah. over here eating your stuff, and yeah. she just silent. Yeah, it's like Happy New Year, and then I realized, ooh, Tiffany's crying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm telling it. Um, and was you I'm crying, just, Tiff? Oh, those are cuss words. <laughs> she was so angry. <laughs> you know, we don't know what my reaction was, what? and it's real stupid. But I was like. Why am I looking at this phone? <laughs> you know, it was just like, what? And I'm just sitting here, eating, and I was like, yeah, I'm like, you Why know, it'll you be sometime that? later. Like, I got to go take this trip and get through some work stuff. <clears throat> but it was, I, I know you keep asking me, like, what was the moment? And it, it, there wasn't some, you know, huge. It started off, because basically point. it just started off as a trickle. It was like, let me just go see mm -hmm. what's going on. Because, of course, you didn't know the whole process. And even talking to Tiffany, I never knew the process. It was like, I thought that it was a whole lot more simpler than what, what it really is. You know, I thought that you submit, they test you, and they go, oh, here it right. is. But it'd be months. Oh, absolutely. It's because months. it's more than just being a match yeah. for someone, um, which I did not know. Yeah, and, I didn't and even either. at that time, I you know, I didn't know. So that was New Year's Eve. And then my first, my very first appointment was not until February because like I said, I was working around all kinds of other stuff. And I honestly was feeling kind of bad because at this point I'm friends with this girl yeah. and I'm like, I'm, I'm a horrible friend. Like I'm just now going to get tested, you know, like <laughs> what? But, um, I will say this, um, when she told me that like, Oh, it's another lady and we're kind of like lined up. I was already, you know, cause the Lord be talking to, I was like, if this lady is not a match, it's going to be me. Yep. Once, like, and it was funny because on my end, it's going I to be said, me. God was like, it's going to be her. And I was like, all right, prove it. Like, her her blood type needs to be incredible. Like, it, like it, needs, it needs to be like, something needs to happen. Like, I need you to prove yourself, Lord, because we've been getting L's. Mm. I, need a, I need a W. I need a Winkly. Need a winkly. <laughs> I need a winkly. 
Um, but yeah, that if you want to talk about like a point of assurance, that would have that been was it. that moment. Yeah, I was and like, so the it's other one going fell off. Mm-hmm. Well, she, not that she fell off, like because some people truly fell off. She just was not a match. Right. Had not gone in for any testing. It wasn't even my first rounds of giving blood or anything. I was like, it's going to be be me. And when I say me, be me, not as in just match. Like I knew it was going to be me the whole thing. Like I already saw it, knew it happening. Like I knew it was going to be me. And so then February, you go in for testing. For the my February was my first. No, no, no. It was like my second, but it was the I count that as the real day. Yeah. Because it was the full day. And when I tell you I know every single little thing about my body. Like I thought I knew before, but it is blood types and EKGs and and I've never had surgery for anything thank goodness like i've never i mean like my wisdom tooth that was put under you know (laughs) but but like never anything monumental to happen to my body so it is test 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 blood blood test test weight test fasting test peen 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 so much peen test and then um and it's just like I said, I know everything. So about is that my body. just in the month of February, or that you have to do it again? That was just the month of February. Um, oh yeah, there was. I don't even know how many. I was having amount of doctor appointments that she was having. Like because here's the thing, they are, which I learned, they are such an advocate for the donor in that system that they are looking for something wrong. Yeah. They they are looking for a reason for you not to donate because I'm healthy. I'm great. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. So I'm putting myself in harm's way and everything has to be right. I mean, if if they don't like how your hair is, if they don't like that you scratched your knee, they are calling the whole thing off <laughs> because they don't want to jeopardize you for anything. And in addition, which would caught me off guard is every single appointment at the beginning and at the end, they ask you if you pretty much do you change your mind? Yeah. Do you still want to do like yeah. legally they have to I'm every like, time. I'm like, why are you asking me this? Like I would not be here. Like this is already done. Like yeah. why she are you was way at- more sure than I was. Yeah. I didn't you want to know honestly <laughs> when Lisa when we were in the hospital and Lisa screaming down the hallway to get her surgery. Oh god. You said she was screaming. No. She I went, mean, I was, but she I don't got remember. The, she got the, the pre-drugs before the real drugs. And my friend over here is a lightweight. So uh, all we hear down the hallway is, I'm giving her my kidney. Oh, it I was recall great. none of this. It was great. But no, I really did not take a breath and say, thank you, Lord, until they started putting the drugs in my arm. That's when I so knew. So the whole time you're still skeptical. Skeptical. Because we so much I know. So I don't even want to say bad. Disappointment. So much happened to yeah. Rich and I that I was just anything. And she just, it was the Friday because we had it set up. The, the surgery was on a Tuesday. On Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We were going to have our families meet that Monday. Yep. But that Friday, I'm bawling tears in the house, scared. And I was like, I remember. I was like, and I think I mentioned it in the first one. There is a moment in life when you go through so much that you you begin to fear God. Mm. I wasn't scared of the devil, but I was like, he just keeps using me as a testimony for some reason, mm-hmm. and something's bad going to... And I just called her one day, and I was like, Lisa, I'm, I'm not having a nervous, you know, panic attack or anything. I said, but I'm just... Something's going to happen. 
Something always happens. Yeah. So I just said, all right, coming over. Man, and I was like, uh, I was wanting so badly to come in and shoot the whole process and all that. And me and Tiffany was trying to work oh, with the hospital right. to come. Yeah. I was like, I, I got to shoot this. And whatever happened, of course, HIPAA laws and all that other stuff, I couldn't come yeah. in and, and shoot it. But I was like, I was feeling all bad. I was like, man, I want to shoot this. This is great. Because I love to see the hand of God. Like, I, I love to capture those moments. And, um, but yeah. According to the hospital, they wouldn't let me do it. But uh, it's all right. I'm still Fair a little enough. salty about that. No, I'm still, I oh, need okay. to get well. delivered from that. Y'all got to pray for me. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll let it go. So the reality, that day happened on what? May the what? May 17th. May the 17th. Which is so funny because 17 is Rich and I's wedding anniversary, January 17th. And then the first kidney that I got that failed was June 17th. Oh, wow. Well, and I remember I picked the date because... I can pick it. Like I get to choose and do everything. Oh, that's good. Yeah, no, it is. It is for real. I tell you, they put everything in mm-hmm. your hands because you're the donor. And so it's like, okay, I'm I'm a planner. So all right, after this, when we finish this at work, da 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 da. So I told her the date, and she was like, oh, that's perfect. That's like, see, because I plan things right. So <laughs> yeah, so it and it just worked out. And I remember when I picked the date, Tiffany was like, make sure you're not in recovery for your birthday. Like, you don't want to be sick and laid up for my birthdays in July. And I was just like, you're right. So let me back up and make sure that we're not laid up, so whack and out of shape. So yeah, it was all good. They and so how up. long was the recovery for you? So <laughs> now, continuously, still. It is? Yes. Um, I mean, off of work and chilling eight weeks yeah six eight eight weeks it was eight weeks um in donor life i technically my body is in shock for about a year at least um when we go and get tested and all of our numbers and follow up that's they tell us not even to pay attention to those types of things because your body is still adjusting and trying to figure out where your other kidney is and if it's coming back but my numbers are lovely (laughs) My numbers are because I have superstar kidneys. Wait, no, I have to say this, like, because I give my friend like good stuff. So um, I go in one of the tests, and they're testing the functions of your kidney. So, like I said, it's more than just being a match. Learned so much stuff. Like I'm a kidney surgeon now, and they want your kidneys to function at about the same level, right? Because if one's at like 20 and one's yeah. at 80, like they're not going to leave you with the bum one. And yeah. it's like, that sucks. So I get in there and she gives me my numbers back and oh, it's God. like 54 and like 53. And I was like, oh my gosh, is that like too high? Like I'm thinking out of the running to be America's Next Top Model kidney person. And she's like, oh no, they're like performing above average. I was wow. like, oh, that's right. Yeah, so of course the entire they are. time in our group chat, <laughs> we got to hear me my super, I have superstar, superstar kidneys. <laughs> the other, we, we are like, okay. And I'm sitting there like, well, I'm about to get a superstar kidney. And the other two are just like, I. Lisa, but like, I do have superstars. So, what brings that about? I mean, as you've been doing this research mm-hmm. um, and been tested, um, what did they say? Things that you've done that helped you have a oh, great. Oh, funny kid? thing, we eat alike. Yeah, living healthy. That that is. Do you drink? A, mm, socially celebratorially. But not as much. This kidney will never see alcohol. <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. So, <laughs> but here I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> I'm a pescatarian, and I've been that for like 
10 years or oh, okay. Years. But really, I will say... Um, I had a friend, when you just said that, uh, I have a friend whose uncle got a kidney. He was an alcoholic or whatever, got a kidney, and then just damaged the other kidney, still happens. drinking again. I was it like... We'll never yeah, touch... I'll eat a rum cake, but I am drinking a gallon of water after that. Um, yeah, it's about... Like, so panty happened, right? Everybody's at home baking bread, getting fat. I said, I refuse. What I'm not going to do is get large during the panty. So, I mean, I already like worked out, but it was like I had time, right? So I could fit all my workouts in. I could take this walk longer. Yeah. So then I'm like, I'm going to get cute during the panty instead of fat. And so it was already. I have never heard it called the panty. Oh, that's what the kids call this, it. Oh, the man. panty? <laughs> yeah, the panty. And so. We should publish our text messages. <laughs> The panty. I'm like, wow. So, um, so you took you took yeah, that so time. Yeah, I was getting more get and more healthy, and just like I said, you had time during the panty, so I'm paying more attention to what I'm working out, how right. I'm working out. I'm paying more attention. Like, okay, I mean, I cook. Like, I'm not like a cook. Cook. Like, I don't like love it. Like, I but yeah. I cook good because I want to eat. Good. what I like you know <laughs> and so I just was doing that more so it definitely was already like superstar version of yeah. healthy Lisa yeah. and just more and more so and I will say because then I turned into like beast Lisa for a little while um I was like I'm closing all these three wings like the month of April before surgery I purchased in May. A, I didn't purchase I got a gift of an Apple watch and I'm sick and tired of her beating my daily activity. But so the, that's the thing. I yeah, didn't know what recovery was. I don't want to compete. That's her. I'm not a. You, Lisa not has person. maxed her activity for the day. So what you going to do? I'm going to get up and walk around in the circles. Didn't ask her to follow me. Didn't want her to follow me. She can turn that off at any time. Um, but yeah, I just like, cause I didn't know what recovery was going to look like. And I wanted to do that. Yeah, like you will take it seriously. Beforehand. Yeah. But that is like myself and even, even other donors. It's like, what do we do to prepare? What do you do? And they're like, don't change anything. This is how you came to be where you were yeah. as a donor in the first place because you were already <laughs> living, doing, eating You're already right. qualified. Yes. Do not change anything. So I didn't. And so how long? So, Tiffany, I wanted to have you in uh, earlier to do this update. And they had you on what? For what period of time? So for three months, it is nothing but doctor's appointments. And um, because, well, we just got out the panty. Yeah. You know, it's and my immune system is extremely compromised. Right. Uh, to accommodate the new kidney because my body is like, oh, it's something foreign in here. Let's yeah. attack it. And so they uh, suppress your immune system so your body doesn't attack the, the new healthy kidney. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, you're prone to getting sick. So a cold, I just got over a simple cold, and it took me weeks. And so you can't really take anything. Um, there are certain medicines you can't take because it'll affect the kidney. So right. you pretty much down in water as much as you can. and uh, Flush it out. Flush it out, eating right. And so that was for three months. Then after that, um, I just kind of like stayed in and was just very cautious of where I went. 
But it was cool because uh, we started going to movies. Of course, we don't go like, you know, we go to matinees. And that was different. And people shows. <laughs> yeah. Old people showings. Old people showings. <laughs> um, going on a date. So for my birthday, I told her, I'm like, I just want to go out. I, I like, I love getting dressed up. And so my friend over here with the connect uh, got us. Really? Uh, not really. <laughs> she got us work. these uh, tickets to go to the Cartier experience at the DMA. And I got to dress up and Rich got to dress up. And it was just fun because it was like, this is what we didn't get to do at the beginning. And so we are just. Oh, she was so happy. I was. <laughs> I was like, I got my little red dress on and I'm going to put my little lipstick on and my little pumps. And he wore like a. T- it was just fun. And props to your husband because he secretly arranged that. He called me like, I don't know, a couple weeks beforehand and asked what was going on and what I knew about and all of that stuff. See, this is the stuff I'm talking about. It's like the stuff that we take for granted. And I'm listening to you say, I had so much fun. I got a chance to dress up. You named the colored dress that you had on as if that made I a knew difference. It. But see, you made like that made a difference. Like you said, I had this it red dress on. It does make a difference. I know Thank it, you. but she can't even <laughs> see what she's wearing. But she feels but different. feel it. No, I wanted a power color. Like, one, it's cardiac. So, you know, I had to match the color scheme. But, like, no, I don't want to be muted. Like, mm. I really, you know, like, no, I'm going to get my face done. Because I don't want people thinking, like, oh, she blind. And, oh, it, no, I, I don't look it. like I went through. I'm going to be a bomb blind chick. Like, no, seriously. No, seriously. it's true. But I, I just, it's interesting to hear you describe yourself like that. Because I don't know that you've ever, like, not been the bomb. Because that's only Tiffany that I know. Mm. See, this is what you need. Good friends for but no, like, I mean, no, seriously, it worked. I wouldn't be like, friends with you if you weren't. I know this. I know this. Which I don't know how I feel about it, but I know this. But like, even like in work, and she's worked with me. Like, you're not. I hate it when people be like, "Oh, wow, you're smart for a blind person." No, I'm intelligent. Period. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm going to let you know. And he, here's, here, look, look at my work. Like, and I just, I don't want people to look at me and Rich as like this sob story. Like, you know, you, you was like, y'all joke a lot. Life is hell. Somebody got to joke about it to get us through. So we going to make jokes until we can get through it. But like. And that's why I said I loved y'all. That's why I wanted y'all on the podcast to show people how much we take stuff for granted. We take love for granted. We take marriage for granted. A lot of us take the opportunity to get dressed and go on a date for granted. Mm -hmm. You have men, you have women complaining to their man. Can you just take me out? And he like, man, ah, why do you want to go out? And it'd be months before they even go out on a date. You know what I'm saying? And then here's the thing that you desire the most. You came on the podcast and said, I want to go on a trip with my husband. I want to go do this. But here's the good part. Guess what I get to do for rich. Next week. What you get to do. We get to actually go on a vacation for the very first time. And where y'all going? We're going to Disney World. (laughs) I get to take take my husband to Disney World. So fun. I love it. Lord Jesus, I love it. I've been saving up my little coins. We're going to go see Mickey. I'm going to go find a princess. I was like, can we get married again? And like, it's a whole list. But like, I'm so. I will bring you some princess. You want a wand and a crown? But no, I'm so happy. Like, he's never been. And like, I'll ask Rich, I'm like, what have you done in your childhood? And he'd be like, nothing, I worked. Or, you yep. know, like stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I ain't been no Disneyland. I ain't never been I no Disney World. But I get to, like, 
I get my kidneys gonna go now. I yeah, guess, it is. So. Yeah, I, but like, I just go. get to like, <laughs> I get to take him. Like, I get to, I get to show him and like enjoy it with them and just. Rich, I need y'all to vlog that like crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm I'll let you borrow a GoPro. I got about yeah. three of them in there. Take that. I want to see y'all with GoPros on y'all head riding on roller coasters. I got to see this. Like this is this is this is beautiful. I love it. But that's what I'm saying. I want whoever's watching this episode uh, to understand the value of life, understand the gift of life, uh, the gift of friendship, to show up holistically in our friends and loved ones' lives, so that they can actually get to experience life on another level. Um, you said something at the at the beginning of this when y'all walked in. I'm trying to remember. You said that I gave you. Oh, she said you gave me life and you was like i didn't give you life you already had life and mm. she said you gave me life more abundantly and uh i really didn't think he was gonna take I know, that from I was like he was listening to everything yeah, oh, I, listen to everything. I listen for a ladies out there he listens <laughs> he listens i was just hearing y'all talking and that and that stuff it, it just it plants seeds in my heart and i'm going yes that's what we're talking about we're talking about abundant life that yeah you had life but your life was very painful it was traumatic it was, it was you were, in and out of the hospital. Who wants to live like that? You know what I'm saying? And so I want people to, to listen to this episode, look at their loved ones that's in their lives that may need a kidney, may need something, and you go, you know what? Because there's people right now, like I said, I used to work with uh, this organization, and it's sad that most African-Americans don't step up and become organ donors. And so um, that's the reason why I say you're a hero, because that's factual. It's so many people that's looking for organs. And in order to really get one, they're going to have to get one from our white counterparts. Because black people be like, man, I don't want them taking nothing from me, man. They be doing experiments oh, on this. Oh, I heard you, that yeah. so much. We, I did this whole <laughs> campaign to debunk myths. And one of those things is they feel like, well, no, they was taking it. It was stuff that happened way in the 70s and all that type of stuff where they would do uh, experiments on mm -hmm. African-Americans or whatnot, and we've been so traumatized by that that we've like, nope, no. And they think that if they put on their license plate, uh, on, their, on their driver's license, that they're an organ donor, that they if they go to the hospital, oh, yeah. then they're, they're, they're gonna not going to save you. Yeah, they're, they're not, not going to save, save you. It's a lie. It's it, all a lie, y'all. Trust me. So many, so many off comments made for me. Absolutely overwhelming support, definitely. But... Well, are you sure you want to do that? Oh, Somebody, someone else those. in her family can't do it? Or like, why? Wait, but let's be clear. Everybody tried to and couldn't. My family did. So it's, but like, even the comments I would read about like. I, I didn't even read those comments. I don't know what. Yeah, I, I did. About. What comments? I read several comments on different things that we had done together. And it was just kind of like. Well, you know, y'all must be best friends, or like, why did she give you? Or like, just hearing like different comments I don't, about I don't it. Ignorant people, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like, I'm not married and I don't have any kids yet, and so that was probably the. But what if your husband? What if your, I was like, mm, I told you, me and the Lord already had these conversations about how well, how well this is set up, and has not crossed my mind. And it just, like I said, I know what. And you know, when we think of just think about how silly those comments are. You say, what if your husband needs a kidney? What if your kid needs a kidney? How often are we running around with, with, with loved ones needing kidneys that's in our media family? It just don't happen at a, a high rate. And even God is so omniscient. 
meaning he's all-knowing, that if your spouse or child comes into an issue where they need a kidney, God will provide. I mean, just like larger testimony service. Yes. That's all that would turn into. <laughs> yeah. So it's not as if, yeah, but that is and just. I will be an eyewitness. <laughs> She's going to be an eyewitness. Yeah, just like it was one of those things that just, you know, that blessed assurance yeah. just made it even more comfortable to to do the process in the first place. Because I definitely asked all of those questions myself because, okay, what does life look like for me after this? I'm, I'm still me doing the things, you know? Um, Hey, Oh wait, what did I say? I was like, okay, so whenever it's time for me to have like a baby, like what's up with that? (laughs) My nurse, because I, I love her. She said, well, what does your vagina have to do with the kidney? (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I was like, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're asking all the questions right now. This is my time to ask questions. But, you know, just... Good kidneys. But, you know, just being very real about it because there are so many conversations about the nonsense of it. And, yeah. Man, listen, I enjoy talking to y'all. I hope people are so inspired Again, salute you, Queen, for stepping up for your friend in such a big way. Shout out to my boy Rich for loving his wife on levels that we rarely see our men love their wife for actually taking those marriage vows to heart. And um, now you get a chance to to experience the the abundant life uh, with your wife. And I I speak right now for y'all to experience many, many, many years. Uh, I want the Lord to to give back the years that the canker worm tried to steal from you. And um, I want y'all to just, man, go to Disney World. Y'all going to Disney World, Disneyland? Which one is it? Oh, no, we're going to Disney World. You're going to Disney World. I want y'all <laughs> to kick it, have fun. Uh, Rich, I want you to tap back into that childhood, laugh like y'all always laugh, love like y'all always love, and have amazing sex. For me, since I'm All absent. right, yeah. I you Have amazing sex. <laughs> For me, since I'm abstinent, I need you to. Yeah. We got to work on part three for the kids. We're working on kids. Little Richies. Little Richies. Little Richies. Little Richies. Uh, listen, man. Uh, now, I this see next you season. Wherever this, he is. <laughs> this next season of the podcast, season six, will return the, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, I'm affectionately, I always have a, a name for the season. And something I normally don't ever talk about, but this last season was about uncomfortable conversations. Uh, This season is called Miracles and Manifestations. And uh, a lot of y'all believe in God for some great things to happen. I believe in God to move like he never has in my life, and he's been doing some amazing things. And so I want to tap into love stories where God showed up and showed out uh, to bring encouragement to a lot of us who are seeking and and um, awaiting our future spouses. Um, I want God to bring a level of encouragement, a level of hope, and I speak a suddenly to be released in y'all's lives where y'all are tapped into y'all's purpose partners. Um, I'm wearing all green today. I'm wearing this mint green because I'm a manifest Toby Weegway and Fat on the podcast. I absolutely love them. And um, I said, you know what? I want them on the podcast. So I'm wearing this mint green in honor of one of my favorite uh, hip-hop artists. Uh, They have such an amazing, dynamic love story. And um, so 
a lot of y'all been DMing me talking about, you need to get Toby Weegway and Fat on the... I was like, listen, I want him. I want him. I want him. So, hey, Toby. Toby Weegway. Wow. I need you on the podcast. So, uh, I'm about to manifest you season six on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Come on on this podcast and uh, show us that love story. But listen, give it up for Lisa, Tiffany, Rich. Uh, thank y'all for being on the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Much love, y'all. You're thank you. First of all, let me just say thank you for rocking with me this season. I mean, this season was amazing. I mean, we hit 100,000 subscribers. We're on our way to hitting 200,000. We hit 100,000 back in July, and it took about two years and about three months to hit that. And then literally, what, three months later, we already got another 80-something thousand subscribers um, so, I mean, God is just, God is amazing. What I love so much is not so much about the numbers as it is about the impact and God is impacting people's lives all across the globe. And I'm extremely, extremely excited about that. 2023 is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, we're going to start back season six, the week of Thanksgiving, the Wednesday, uh, right before Thanksgiving, we're going to kick it off. Um, looking forward to the guests that God is going to bring this upcoming season. Because God always blows my mind. I have an idea about certain guests I want, and then God will bring those and then some. So um, thank you all for rocking with me. I hope you all find a lot of value in the content as I've been reading. Um, it humbles my heart to know that God used this podcast to bring Tiffany a kidney. And in such an unconventional way, I mean – her close friend, one of her best friends, was used as an instrument to bring life to her. And it was through watching the podcast and it becoming real to uh, Lisa, the impact and the need that old Tiffany had that brought about a miracle. Yeah, that that's that's humbling. That's God. That's God. Whew. All right. I'm not gonna cry. I don't know what you may be going through right now. I don't know if you lost hope, if you feel like your good is repaid with evil. I don't know if you feel like you've been taken advantage of far too long. I don't know if you're a person that feels like people take your kindness for a weakness. Maybe you're dealing with um, loneliness. You cry yourself at sleep. You cry yourself to sleep at night and. You wonder when this depression is going to end. I hear the voice of God saying right now, fear not, I am with thee. Fear not, I am with thee. Somebody watching this podcast, somebody that's listening to it on some of the streaming platforms, Who wants to give up hope? 
don't. I speak against the spirit of depression. I cancel that spirit out right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody that just went through a failed relationship. A relationship that you lost yourself in. And you're holding on by a thread, trying to pull yourself together, trying to bring sanity back to your life. You're struggling with, why did God allow you to go through this? I want to encourage you right now to know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to the called according to his purpose. I know you don't understand that right now, but I'm telling you, just keep living. Just keep living. Just keep living. Keep waking up. Keep getting dressed. Keep putting your makeup on. Keep combing your hair. Keep brushing your teeth. Keep living. Brother. I know it's hard to talk about the hurt that you've encountered. You work hard to avoid dealing with the pain of your past and even the pain of your present. But I just want to encourage you to get along with God. Talk to him. He said, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. I know it's hard for you to understand that he truly cares about you. I know it's hard for you to fathom that all the things that you've done, the mistakes that you've made, the people that you hurt, that God still cares about you. But I've come to let you know that he is married to the backslider. He's married to you. You can't escape his love. His love is unfailing. It never runs out. Open up your word. Just read. If you need somebody to talk to, DM me, reach out to me. I'll lock arms with you and walk with you through this thing called life. I know it gets hard. I know you feel alone. I know you feel like you can't count on nobody. But I got you, brother. I got your back. I see you. I truly do. I feel your pain. I feel your pain. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I lift up those that are finding hope in this podcast that are looking for encouragement people who are looking for a little bit of oxygen to just breathe because life is so hard God I ask right now in the name of Jesus for the people who are struggling in their marriages God, I speak of peace. Be still. Over their marriages, peace. Be still. They need peace. 
allow them to reconnect to the purpose of why they got married in the first place. Allow them to realign their visions. And those that don't even have a vision, let them create a vision and a mission statement for their marriage. Give them a little bit of hope and healing God to restore their broken marriages. And God, those marriages that are not meant to be, give them the grace to go through a divorce healthy. No, it seems like an oxymoron, but God, you proved it to me. Allow them to go through a divorce healthy. Minimize the damage. Allow their children not to become a statistic. Reveal yourself to even their children watching their parents go through a divorce. Touch their precious hearts and souls. Peace. Be still. And those of us that are single and still hope to be married. And when we look into this hopeless society, feeling as though people just don't have the spiritual wherewithal to make compatible spouses. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus for you to give us clarity of thought, clarity of mind, that your voice resonates more than any other voice of influence in our lives. That we don't lean into the statistics, but God, we lean into our Savior. We thank you, God, for all that you're doing. You're a merciful God. You're a way maker, a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. That is who you are. And so, God, continue to do what you do best. Heal, set free, deliver. As we dig deeper into you, God, reveal our purpose. Those of us that are wandering aimlessly in this world, looking for direction, looking for purpose, questioning why we are even on this earth in the first place. God, I ask that you just roll out the blueprint. Reveal to us our purpose. And then connect us to our purpose partners. We thank you. We thank you for allowing us to continue to live to see this moment. We thank you to see this moment. We thank you, God. Because a lot of our loved ones aren't alive to see this moment. So we thank you for the blessing of life. So God, continue to do what you do best, God. And we'll continue to serve you in moments where we don't even want to submit to your will. We'll continue to serve you because you're a good, good father. 
We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <sighs> Here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, do you believe in miracles? I do. That's why I consistently write letters to you and speak those things that be not as though they were, because you are. You exist. These letters aren't fictional. These words aren't frivolous syllables strung together to get an A for a school assignment. This prose is my heart bleeding in black ink to manifest you, my heavenly assignment. I was asked in a recent interview if I, if what I desire in a wife is unrealistic, I quickly responded, no, it's not. I know she exists. Queen, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for purpose. A wife is great, but a purpose partner is even greater. Girl, I can't wait until we're revealed to each other to show the world God still performs miracles. Your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family.